Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezot Shem, we'll be learning Daf Chaf in Maseches Bavakama. It's good to be back. Uh, while we were away, Barry became a great-grandfather again in Yerushalayim, meaning a baby was born in Yerushalayim. May, uh, maybe Zohar, we, need, we need more Simchas. Zohar, we need more Simchas, as many as we can in Klai We certainly do appreciate every Simcha uh, that we get. We'll cherish it, and in good health, Bezot Shem, we'll hear more and more Simchas. Okay. Okay, uh, but you know what? In the midst of Simcha, let me, since Andrew's in a good mood, let me make him a little bit upset. Uh, it, we wa- I want to get some momentum. Can we start in the Mishnah on your Testament base? Uh, don't worry. I just want to know what we're going. We're going to get a little context. I'll start rapid fire, and then when we get to Chaf, we'll, we'll, we'll get a regular stride, okay? Because now we're talking about, after all, on Daf Tesvavim base, we were talking about the different categories of Hezek. So we're talking about the different categories of Hezek. And now the, the Mishnah had said, real quick, on Yitesan Beis, Kate said a Shane Muedes, right? So now we're talking about Shane. What's Shane? Shane is when an animal is walking around. Says the Gemara, Lechol right? When an animal is walking around and eating and what's appropriate for, for it to eat. Right? So the idea is like this. This is a concept that we had not yet encountered until, until Yitesan Beis, which is that we thought that Muad was something that was only appropriate for Karen, right? We thought that when a habitual gore, right, when you have Kavan al-Hazik, so then, and you have Nezek for Shalem for a Muad, and for a Tom, there's Chatzin Nezek, we thought that was unique to Karen. And we thought that chain is always going to be Muad. However, that's only for the animals eating something which is customarily eaten by animals. However, says, continues the Mishnah, there's even a concept of Chatzin Nezek, uh, by Shane, where if it eats unedible things like like clothing or or you know dishes, so then you're only going to pay chatzin nezik. Says the Mishnah continues. That if it's in the rishus hanizak, so this is a thing which we said is true of Shane Varegel, That if you trespass and you cause this kind of damage, then that's going to be rishus hanizak. Aval harabim potter. But if she, but if the animal does so in rishus harabim, then the owner is not is not going to be chayav. Obviously, in rishus harabim, if you leave your stuff there, then it's assumed that right you do so at your own risk because that's was the place for people and animals to 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 traverse. Now, again, so what what, what comes out is that in rishus hanizak. So what I mean, an animal trespasses if it does unusual shame damage. Right, if it's eating the clothing off the clothesline. So then you only get, then you, what, technically you should be putter, right? Remember we said, uh, we left off um, last week uh, on Arab Shabbos, we were talking about whether when you pay chatzin nezek, we said, is that a knas or is that, uh, right, or is that a mamon? And we said, we paskin, that's knas. What does that mean, we paskin like knas? I never even actually uh, got a chance to, to explain. Paskin like knas means that if you're modib knas, you're putter. That's a very big difference. It means that if you admit for something that, it basically, knas means that fundamentally you don't even know anything. It's just that Chazal wanted to make you pay chatzinezek because after all, you caused the damage. So if you admit that it happened, you show up and you say, Andrew, I'm so sorry, my animal ate your clothing off the clothesline. If that's a knas, then I guess presumably, or, or if it's, right, if it's going to be, certainly in court, it's going to be a uh, putter. But be that as it may, there's a chatzinezek aspect even to shame. Okay. And then at the end of the Mishnah says, it says over here, if the animal benefited from the food, the owner pays what she benefited. That means that whatever uh, amount 
of satiation the animal has, how much money would it cost to buy that amount of animal food? Clearly it ate Andrew's china. It was actually much more expensive, but you don't have to pay for the china. Why not? Uh, she, so, so we're going to see. Says the Gemara, Ketzah Mishalamis, or the Mishnah, rather, continues, Ketzah Mishalamis, Mashan Enes, Achla Mitoch Archava Mishalamis, Mashan Enes. So Mitoch Archava, now we're, now we're breaking down the Rishus Harabim here. If it's in the middle of the street, and she ate normal food in the middle of the street, so you said normal food in the middle of the street, you, we, we thought that you're not going to be, you're not going to have to pay anything. So this is, an idea, so obviously this modifies the shusarabim, right? We said that if an animal eats something in a shusarabim, it's going to be putter because the owner puts the stuff in a shusarabim at its own risk. That's true. But if the animal gets some benefit, meaning if the owner of the animal no longer has to feed it as much, so then you do have to pay for that. You have to understand, Phil, if somebody, if you get a service, even if you didn't ask for it, then you have to pay for that service. Um, there's a famous case of when uh, in Toronto, that went to that went to Besdin, where a guy comes back from vacation and realized somebody had redone his roof and realized the roofer had redone the wrong person's roof. He was supposed to do the neighbor's roof. The the psak is you may not have to pay top retail, but you have to pay for the benefit of of, of having done it, even though you never even asked for it. Okay, so again, so mishlemes mashenenis. That's in the middle of the street. Right, but if she ate from the sides of the street, where now you're already causing damage. Do you see the difference? Nezik means you're compensating. So let's say she ate from the side of the street something that's really expensive, so that you have to pay for those expensive stuff because that's how Nezik works. When you're paying Nezik, you're actually compensating the person for what they lost. When you're paying Mashanenis, then all you're doing is really paying for the benefit that you got from having, not having to feed the animal, right? And now it's just defining where does the Rishus uh, Rabbim end and begin. So entrance of the store, it's what she benefit, and what she benefited. That's where the right Rishus Rabbim starts. However, once you go into the store, so that's Nezik. So this again underscores the idea that when you're in Rishus Ha Yachid, right when you're trespassing, you're going to have to pay Hezek. And if it's in the public domain. Right, so there, the person who put the stuff down, they did so at their own risk, but still, if the animal ate it, you still have to uh, compensate the owner of the stuff for having fed your animal, so to speak, albeit inadvertently. So now the Gemara says, What's the case where it's eating what it's supposed to eat? So, Barry's animal, as it does, wanders into... Andrew's property and starts eating all the things, uh, all the things that is roi for it, that animals typically eat, right? That are laying around in Andrew's backyard, Mashalom and Ezek Shalom. So that's the classic case of Shane that we talked about until now. Barry has to pay full Nezek to Andrew. And also, Barry's uh, animals got a little vild, as they say, in, uh, and, and started eating uh, Andrew's dog. So that's not really common, but it's common enough, and therefore Misham Nezek Sham. That's the Chiddush here. That you'd still pay Nezek Sham, that's considered Nezek. Right, so, so the, what's the difference between Behemoth and Chaya, Barry points out? So we're going to see. Because a Chaya, we're going to have to qualify what this Chaya is. Right, because the Chaya maybe doesn't eat these, these things. Chaya is not going to go into, it's going to be a less common case, but common enough. Right, we're gonna we're gonna qualify that. We're gonna explain the difference between behem and achaya, right? Because why would there be a behem and achaya? 
First of all, who owns a wild beast? Isn't the idea of a wild beast that's not domesticated? But I guess you could own the wild beast. Obviously, this is talking about the beast's owner, right? Because that is the only case where you would have Nizkei Mamon. So, so yes, we're going, to under, we're going to explain the difference between Behem and Chaya here. Okay, so let's see. Uparash Achla Sa'orin. Okay, so now we're back to the para. So the para ate barley. V'chamar Sha'achla Karchinan. And donkey ate, you know what, vetches? Uh, okay, so so again, these are animals that are eating. Usually, the donkey eats barley and the cow eats vetch, but now they're eating different things, right? That are a little different, than, but it's still edible. The kelv shalike right? A dog is eating oil. Or right, a pig is eating a slice of meat. Misham nezek sham. So they pay nezek shalem. So again, it's eating something that it won't normally eat, but occasionally. It'll, it will eat it. That's how Rashi explains it, right? So in other words, it's not always appropriate for it, but, you know, occasionally it'll eat it, right? So this is like an hadchak. This is what the Rashi says over here, the third um, uh, line up from the wide lines. It's in the narrow. We call it roi for it, because if hungry enough, these animals will eat those things. That's still considered edible for animals. It's not like they would never eat it. Okay, fine. So that's what's going on. Um, did you want to make another point about Chaya versus Behemoth, Barry? Well, I mean, picture your pet lion. Uh, my pet lion, yes. So that, that would be a case of a Chaya. Right. That, so you said, who, who owns a wild animal? You could have a right. lion in your backyard. Right, and that's unusual, but, it, but if it happens, so then that's Nezik. Right, even though it's not necessarily a domesticated animal, and that's right, it has to be an owner, an owned animal. Otherwise, none of this map, none of this makes any sense, right? Right. Okay. So, right. So now the Gemara says, uh, an actual case. Okay. So a donkey eats the bread, but not only the bread in a basket, but also the basket. So you would think that the bread. Uh, is that that you would pay Nezek Shalom for? So Chayvei Rabbi Yehuda L'Shalom Nezek Shalom Anahama. So Yehuda said, yeah, for the bread you pay the Nezek Shalom, but for the basket you only pay Chatzin Nezek, because again, we've already outlined in our Mishnah that you only pay Chatzin Nezek for something that's not really edible, that they would never eat. So, but the Gemara says, Isn't it true that the donkey like doesn't know the difference? Like it sometimes eats straw, so, like, maybe it's eating a straw basket together with the bread. So maybe the donkey doesn't make a difference. It should be thus zakshalim for all of it. Says the Gemara. No. Here it's clear that there's a difference. Because first it ate the bread. Then it was hanging around. Then it said, ah, whatever. I'll just eat the basket also. So the basket, that, that was weird. Says the Gemara. And did normal donkeys even eat bread? But we have a price that says, It says there somewhere that in a price that if an animal eats, right, Strange things that animals don't normally eat, like a bread, or a hamburger, or cooked stuff. My love of Mahema, was that not referring to a donkey or a cow like a domesticated animal? And therefore, wouldn't that be a data point to teach you that even if a domesticated animal eats bread, then that's also weird, considered unusual, and therefore it should only have to pay chatzin ezek? So it's like, love, a chaya. So here's where we talk about like the differences between a chaya, which is how we classify like a wild beast that you normally find in the wild, but as Barry points out, must be dealing with a case where it's owned. So, but that's what we're talking about. So in that case, that you're going to pay chatzin ezek. So in other words, it would be possibly more common for domesticated animals that are around bread more often, right, to eat bread or cooked foods, as it were. 
Whereas uh, a wilder beast would never, would never even consider doing that, right? Says the Gemara. Would a wild beast even eat cooked food? Would that be considered uh, meat? Was that normal? Says the Gemara. Well, one possibility is the meat might be roasted. Uh, and it is that. I'm sorry. The Gemara says, Wait a minute. Why would you say, That's the, that's the question. I'm sorry. For a chaya, or wild beast, that's all they're eating is, is meat in the wild. What do you think it eats in the wild? So the Gemara, Dmitve, no. One possibility is it was roasted, and therefore in the wild they don't usually customarily eat roasted meat, and therefore it is for that reason. That it's chatzinezek, bibayus eim batavia, or you could be talking to a deer, right? A deer, it's unusual for it to eat even raw meat because it is herbivorous and it really only eats veggies. Bibayus eim alolam vehema, but maybe it's not even talking about a chaya. It's talking about a domesticated animal, uvif Torah. And here, the bread was on the table, and even though it's customary to eat bread, it's not used to eat the bread when it's indeed on the table, only when it's, right, uh, given to it. So again, it's just very case-specific, Barry. We're talking about it, what's considered normal behavior. So if it's considered normal behavior, it's going to be nezek shalim. If it's considered uh, abnormal behavior, then you pay chatzi nezek. Okay, so far so good, Andrew. Andrew, you excited to be in Daf Chaf? Here we go. Daf Chaf, Amar Aleph. From the top. See, if I had just read this, you would not even know what I was talking about. Okay, so here, so now we're going to do the case study. There was a goat. Sees a turnip on top of a barrel. This is an interesting case study. Sorry, so it starts clawing up its way up the barrel. So, of course, a mishap occurs. It eats the turnip, the goat does, and breaks the barrel. So now, this is, this is uh, the case of Barry's goat. It breaks Andrew's barrel and eats Andrew's turnip. So, how much does Barry have to pay Andrew? Says the Gemara Chayve Rava. Rava was Mechayev uh, Mechay Barry for the following. Alifta Adana Nezek Shalem. He made Barry pay full Nezek, both for the turnip and for the barrel. My time, it will be the reason. I mean, came under Urchel and Mechalifta, Urchel Amos Ruchim Mislak. Because it was because of the following logic. So, again, everything's case specific. Is it common for a goat to eat a turnip? Yes, it is. It's Urchel. Is it common for a goat to break a barrel, typically, for no reason? No, that would be weird. Goats don't normally care about breaking barrels. However, it is common for a goat to break a barrel in order to try to access the turnip. And so in the context of this case, everything was considered uh, common enough for Barry to have to worry about it, and so Barry has to pay not only for the turnip, but now he has to pay for the barrel. Fair enough? Another lacha. Amar Ilfa. Uh, remember Ilfa? We're getting some, we're, this is like an all-star list of some of our most clever chachamim. Last we saw Ilfa, he was hanging off the edge of a boat proving that he knows Bryce's Mishnais. Ilfa Phil was the guy that could have been the best in the shear, um, but for the fact that he went out to work. Okay, uh, the yeshivas bring up Ilfa all the time, and then, um, yeah. So, anyways, Amar Ilfa, he's that guy. So Amar Ilfa, Behema Rabim, he's about to make a not great point, in my opinion, I think. So, he says like this. Let's say Barry's behema again is in Rishasarabim. Stretched out the neck and eats the food on the back of another fellow animal. Chayeves. Barry, so again, ba- ba- uh, Andrew's animal is walking and it has like food basket on it. And Barry's animal walks right out and eats right, all of Bar- Andrew's stuff right out of uh, Andrew's animal's basket. So Barry's chayev for what? The animal paid. Wait a minute. All this is happening in Rosh Hashanah. Isn't, Bar- isn't Andrew's animal walking around in Rosh Hashanah 
and and therefore in Rishis Arabim he knows that he's doing it at his own risk, right? And therefore anything that Barry does it should not be chayev. So my taima, why would Ilfa say that the animal that Barry is chayev? Because gabi chaver nizak dummy. Because anything that's on the back of Andrew's animal is considered like it's Andrew's little backyard, right? Andrew's the nizak. It's his chatzer. That's his. And it is for that reason that because Barry's eating, Barry's animal is eating out of Andrew's animal's back, it's as if Barry's animal is trespassing into, right, Andrew's domain. That doesn't seem, well, like, how, why? They're, they're both just doing animal things in the Rishas Arabim. Like, how did Barry, have, uh, no, maybe Barry should have watched it better in a Rishas Arabim? Anyway, so let's see. Can we, can we bring proof for this? Says the Gemara. If, if Andrew, as he does, walks around with his um, knapsack and, uh, and his basket, like, slung over his shoulder. And here, Barry's naughty's animal, again, just sticks its neck out and eats out of Andrew's basket behind his... So there, right, again, the Brisa says that Barry's going to be chayev. So there you see, Andrew's walking around, he's got it behind, so we see that that's his rishus, and it's not, even though they're walk, he's walking around and it's just a rabim, uh, Barry's going to be chayev to pay Andrew. Says the Gemara, no. That's not necessarily proof for Ilfa. You know, Rava elsewhere said that that's where the, the animal jumps to eat the food. Okay, what is this jumping? What is the significance of this jumping? So we're, we're going to see. But the bottom line is that once you're, once you're jumping, that's abnormal behavior, right? And that makes it wildly, you know, we have to see the Rashi, but that makes it Karen, right? And there, it is for that reason, not because it's considered Andrew's Rishus HaYachid, but because it's Karen, which is, as we've said already, Rishus Independent, right? The Bryce is going to say that you're going to, it's, it's a case of Chatzin Nezek, of Karen. It's an unusual Chatzinezik of Karen because of the unusual behavior of jumping. Isn't that wild? That is something that we're going to have to unpack a little bit over here. Um, what's the case? Look at the very top line of Rashi in Chafam Ralph Bekofetzas. Achla al This is important for the rest of the daf over here that she's doing unusual behavior. And for that reason, says Rashi, Vitolada de Karen who. Wow. So this is, because we usually think Karen means it needs to have kavana lahazik, right? That you need to have, like, malicious intent. Over here, it's not really malicious. It's just because of the unusual, because it's unusual behavior, it's a total de Karen. That's very important to note. To note. And, of course, once it's a Karen, this is, and it's unusual behavior, we assume that this is unexpected behavior, this is not habitual, and therefore chayevet chatzin nezek amar. It doesn't really mean nezek, it means chatzin nezek. So what's going on here? Huh. It means that Bekofetzes, it's not because, so it's not like what Ilfa said, right? Ilfa said that it's because the basket that Andrew Animal has or Andrew's knapsack are Andrew's Rishushai Yachid moving along inside Rishushai Rabbim. That's not why you're chayiv. You're because the unusual behavior of Barry's animal, which makes it Karen, which makes him have to pay Chatzinezek, which is Rishus independent. And it is for that reason that it's chayiv and Rishushai Rabbim. Okay? Not because Andrew's stuff is a walking Rishas HaYachid in the Rishas Okay. Can you say that last point again? I, 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 I understand about the walking Rishas but what, 
Okay, so the question is like this. The question is, why is your animal chayev for eating in Rosh Hashanah? We've said, with regards to, to Shane, that, you're, that in Rosh Hashanah, if you bring stuff, if someone else, if Andrew brings his stuff into Rosh Hashanah, then, then it's at his own risk. So why would you have to pay? So Ilfa suggests that it's because it's really Andrew's basket is his own little Rosh Hashanah floating around in Rosh Hashanah, and therefore it's as if you trespassed. I would say, what do you mean? You didn't trespass. It's his basket in Rosh Hashanah. He brings the basket to Rosh Hashanah at his own risk. Rava therefore says, no, the reason why you're chayv, even though you're in Rosh Hashanah, is not because, uh, not because it's a, it's a trespassing at all. It's because it's a form of keren. It's because it's unusual behavior. Unusual behavior, as Rashi explains, is a told of Karen. Karen, as we've said, is, is Rishus independent, right? If your animal gores another animal in a Rishus HaRabim or a Rishus HaYachid, you're going to have to pay, right, Chatsi Nezek or Nezek Shalom, depending on whether it's a Tam or a Muad. So what ends up happening is your animal did a very unusual thing. It jumped very high, did some unusual behavior. The Chiddush is that that's considered a derivative of Karen. And once it's a derivative of Karen, it's Rishus independent, and therefore you would be Chayev, albeit Chatsi Nezek, because it was a first-time offense, and it was an unusual behavior you never saw before, nobody really ever saw your animal jump like that before. But it's, so it's a Chatsi Nezek as, as a derivative of Karen, which now explains why you're going to be Chayev in Rishus Arabim, because Karen is Rishus independent, right? Karen is going to be Chayev anywhere because of the unusual nature of, of, that, uh, of that behavior. So that's Rava's reasoning for why Barry's animal will be chayef for just eating in Rosh Hashanah because she's kofza. Kofetzis is an unusual behavior. It says, What was the context of, origi- of this kofza originally? So it says, Aha, it was the following halacha. Right, so Ravoshia made a comment that was hard to understand. It says that if Barry's animal, um, aforementioned animal that was ate some, some stuff, if it was walking, it's potter. If it was standing, it was, it's chayv. Why would that matter? We asked. What do you mean? Why would, it, would there be a difference between standing and walking? Right? They're both them things that an animal customarily does, and therefore Barry's. There should be no chayv when the animal is just standing or walking. It's just an animal doing animal things. So why are we saying that? So in that context, the Gemara said, Amarava Bekofet says. It was in that statement of Ravoshia when he said she was standing, she wasn't just standing. She was jumping. Ah, once she was jumping, so when it says standing, it really meant like standing on its hind legs. You know, something that you don't normally see do. It looks like a circus trick. If it's doing that, that's why Ravoshia said she was Chayev. So again, it was in that context that Rava said that unusual behavior becomes a derivative of Karen. And it is in that context that you're going to be chayev even in a rishus ha rabim. Okay, fine. Next case. What would be the case of the rolling thing? What's rolling? Hey chidami. Wait, where is it rolling? Where is it going from? So it says the gemara. For example, you have let's say a straw ball ball. It starts out in Andrew's backyard. It rolls down the driveway from his backyard out into the public domain. My, what would be the halacha? So let's see. Tashma. First of all, I would say if it rolls down into the public domain, so then it rolls down to, it's Andrew's problem. Like anything that's in the public domain is fair game. That's what I would say. So let's see. 
What would be the halacha? So Rav Chia said in the Brisa, the Tani Rav Chia, if Andrew's pile of hay is so big that half of it's in his backyard and half of it's in the street, so So if Barry's animal ate, well, uh, went and inside this backyard, it's going to be chayev. Outside, it's going to be putter. That sounds pashat, right? Like anything that's just a rabbim, you're putter. Anything in the Rishasar Yachid, you're chayev. My love is Galgavasi. So it says, wait. Maybe it's referring. Maybe it's referring to our case that it was rolling. No, it says the Gemara. Lo, why, why would it be saying that? No, that that doesn't. Right. In other words, you could have said that it's that the case where right of Rabbi Chia was where it was initially, right? What's what was initially in right? Uh, inside your chayev, and what's eventually outside, it's not chayev. In other words, you can't um, you, you can't take that case of a and assume right what you what the case would be by misgalgel, right? So, still, I, I mean, like it seems pasha that if it was misgalgel to me, it seems that 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 it doesn't matter uh, where it initiated; it matters where it ends up, right? Isn't that, isn't, wouldn't that be the most special thing? But be that as may, let's, re, let's continue. Right, because again, why do I care where it initiated, Barry? You have a ball of hay in the Rosh Hashanah So, like, okay, so it started in Rosh Hashanah I mean, that, well, it's not your fault, Barry, that, that, that the ball rolled into Rosh Hashanah How's your animal supposed to know where it started? Okay, but be that as it may, the Gemara says, Yibos eimah kikamar b'chiyah b'psila d'aspasta. The b'psila d'aspasta is a whole other different thing. Where it's talking about like a very weird kind of weed that kind of extends all the way. Like if you eat one side, it already uh, it it kind of like schleps the other side uh, along, right? Like very stri- stringly, uh, stringy, and just um, you're going to schlep it all the way to the other side. And once you start eating either the outside or the inside, it is for that reason that ruvchia is not exactly a raya. So uh, I don't think that we have this resolved, but I would have said I would just say that. Where it ends up is probably is you know I'm not the rabbi so I'm not going to be the one posking but it seems reasonable just in terms of explaining these cases that it would be where the thing ended up as opposed to where the thing originated from but who am I to say that that just seems logical to me fine now with the two dots in the middle of Chafam Dalfas follows Achluxus okay now Barry's animal is eating um, it's eating uh, clothes off the clothesline so we said that there Barry's animal is not going to be chayiv in Rishus Harabim. Right, but if he's eating off the clothesline in Andrew's backyard, then he's going to be chayev chatzin nezek. We said, right, because that's an unusual thing for Barry's animal to eat. So now here we go. Ahai, which case is the is the mission referring to? It says Amarav Akule. It refers to all of them, meaning both edible and non-edible. My taima, what's the reasoning behind that halacha? Kol hamishana uba acher pater. Whenever you act weirdly, and then someone else. Uh, and acts weirdly against him, he's not chayef to pay. What's it talking about? As follows. As follows. You have a Rishus Rabim. The question is, in a Rishus Rabim, the behavior is unusual. When the behavior is unusual, here's, the, here's exactly what we're talking about. We just said, and that's why it's good we learned that other case. If an animal jump, we said it's a, it's a derivative of Karen, and therefore it should be chayef also in Rishus Rabim. Okay, our Mishnah 
Is it talk when it says that Barry's animal is putter for eating Andrew's china in a Rosh Rabim? Uh, is it referring to Rosh Rabim also? After all, Barry, when you eat Andrew's china in Rosh Rabim, when your animal does, that's unusual behavior. Shouldn't that be Karen and therefore Chayev Chatzin Nezek? Or maybe not. That's a Machlokas Rav Shmuel. That's what's going on. So here, let's read it again. Amarav, Akulo. According to Rav, Barry's animal should be putter, even in Rosh Hashanah, even if it eats China. My time, what's the reason? Because Andrew's the Mishana here, because he's putting his China out in the street. That's weird behavior. And therefore, even though it's true that, that Barry doubled down on the weird behavior and his animal ate the China, Barry should be putter in the Rosh Hashanah. Why? Because Andrew did something weird by putting the China in the Rosh Hashanah in the first place. So even though it's true that if Andrew's China belonged there, Barry would be high of Chatzinezek for his animal's unusual behavior, Barry's animal was behaving unusually, perhaps, in response to the unusual behavior of Andrew seeing the China in, in, in the Rosh Hashanah in the first place. And it is for that reason that Barry isn't high to pay Andrew, because Andrew started the, with the weird behavior by putting his China in the middle of the street in the first place. That's what this means, right? So that Rav's Shita is a Barry's putter, because Andrew started it by doing the weird thing of putting the china in the street. However, Shmuel Amar, Lo Shanuela Paris Feyerakos, that no, it would only be Pater, right, if it was Paris Feyerakos, of Alksus Vekelem Chayeves. Right, so again, if Barry's animal ate Paris Feyerakos, so that's of course Pater, because why is Andrew putting Paris Feyerakos in the middle of the street? That is at his own risk. But Alksus Vekelem, but if Andrew is putting his china in, or his fine, Suits out in the Rishus Rabim, then she's going to be Chayev even Rishus Chayev Rabim. And again, as we explained, because that's unusual, that's going to be a derivative of Karen. Okay. So now the Gemara is going to say, the same Machlokas Rav and Shmuel, right, that took place in, right, the great yeshivas of Bavel also took place between Rishlakish and Yochanan and the great yeshivas of Eretz Israel, as follows. Rishlakish Akulu, Rishlakish said, like Rav, that all of that, that, um, Barry's going to be chayiv even. For, Barry's animal is going to be chayiv even for eating China. Uh, and Reishlakish was going according to his. I'm sorry. Yeah, and he's going to be putter rather even for eating China. Reishlakish was consistent with himself. Reishlakish says the following case. Let's say you have two cows. They're walking in Shusarabim. Barry's and Andrew's cow are going for a walk. One of them. Obviously, Barry's cow starts acting weird and just sits down. If Andrew's cow kicks Barry's cow and injures it, Andrew's going to be putter. Why? Uh, so we're going to say why. However, if Barry's cow acts weird twice, first it acts weird by just squatting, which is unusual, and then it acts even weirder as Andrew's cow walks by, it kicks it, then Barry's going to be chayev. So wait a minute. Again, if, if Andrew's walking, regular, normal cow kicks the unusually behaving squatting cow, Andrew's putter, whereas if Barry's cow does all the weird behavior, both squats and kicks, Barry's chayev. Why? So, so there, the reason is, again, because if, this is, this is an application of what we said before, that in, in the case where the weird animal, right, is Barry's cow that sits down, so then that triggers Barry, that triggers Andrew's animal. 
Andrew's animal is only behaving weirdly in response to being startled by the weird behavior of Barry's animal. And it is for that reason that Andrew's animal should not be chayev, right? Because Andrew's animal had no reason to expect it and it's just being startled. Whereas if Barry's animal is responsible for all the behavior, first it's squatting weirdly, then it's kicking weirdly, so then Barry's going to be chayev for that, again, for a Karen type of thing, for unusual behavior, okay? So, so is that the same thing as the case of putting the, of, um, the kalim in the streets? So Rishlakish said that could be the same thing as putting the kalim in the street. However, Rabbi Yochanan sees a distinction, right, when it comes to Paris Veyarakos, so then, right, you're going to be Pater, right, because that Andrew should have put, should have realized he's putting it out in, at his own risk. But if he puts out unusual things, so then he holds that in fact he should, that, that Barry should be Chayev even for which is to say that he disagrees with Rish Lakish, right? Because Rish Lakish would say that just like Andrew's, right, that, that just like if Andrew's uh, animals, or uh, Barry's animals started that's responsible, right, that, then, then Andrew would be putter if Andrew's animal kicked it. Similarly, if Andrew puts out his Ksusa Kalim into the Rishisa Rabim, and that's weird behavior, so then Barry's animal should be putter for, right, for, uh, right, for eating it, that is Reish Lakish's contention. Rabbi Yochanan disagrees. He says, for Ksus Kalim, Barry's animal should be chayav regardless. Oh. So now that's the, that's the machlokas for Rabbi Yochanan Reish Lakish. Says the Gemara, <coughs> would you say, after hearing this machlokas, that they would also argue, not only by Peos Reyokas or Ksus Kalim, would you say that that would also apply to the case that we said by two paros? Says the Gemara, Lema, Rabbi Yochanan, Laisley, the Reish Lakish, paros. Should we say that Rabbi Yochanan would disagree with Rish Lakish not only in the case of Ksus Vikalim, but also in the case of Shtei Paras? Are we saying that the cases are completely analogous? To which the Gemara says, Le'olam Islay. Not necessarily. You might say that Rabbi Yochanan, with regards to Shtei Paras, maybe, right, uh, Rabbi Yochanan would agree. Why? What's the difference? Because Ksus Avde Inche Demanche Glimimimitapchi. In the case of clothing or utensils, people put them down for a while, right? And therefore, that is something that, again, the behemoth maybe should have noticed. And it is for that reason, right, that Rabbi Yochanan is going to say that Barry's animal is going to be chayev. Because it's not so uncommon to find those ksus v'kelim uh, laying around, right? They, they've seen ksus v'kelim laying around, and therefore they shouldn't be so startled that, that, that they should start you know, eating it and messing with it, and therefore Barry's animal should be chayiv. In that case, according to Rabbi Yochanan, however, but for the animal to start squatting is so unusual that it is not, again, so unusual that it is not a weird for Barry's animal to be startled or Andrew's animal to be startled. And an animal that reacts to another animal doing that really, truly unusual behavior, you're not, their owner is not going to be chayiv. So again, what have we learned, Phil? That it all is case specific. Like if it's extremely, extremely unusual, right? So then, so right. So if it's extremely unusual, you're not going to be chayev. If there's an element of where it's somewhat usual, so then you should be chayev. Okay. Now next two dots. Vimnenes meshalemes. Okay, four lines down in the wide. What's going on here? So now we're going to talk about a fascinating sugya of zenene vzelo chaser and all of these things. What's going on? Again, out, let's, let's, let's step outside of the world of Nezek. Okay, up until now, we're talking about restitution. Let's now go into, you benefited something, Barry. 
your animal ate uh, ate a bunch of I don't know china or clothing, but it got some satiation. You saved some money on animal food. So says the Gemara. Tanya kavasei right. So so vechama. I'm sorry. How much did you benefit? Like so, how much do you pay for animal food, Barry? Are you buying the hundred dollar animal food or are you, per pound, or are you buying the ten dollar per pound? Well, that should determine how much you have to reimburse Andrew. So let's see. Rava Amar Dmei Amir, straw. That's the $10 a pound. Rava Amar Dmei Sa'ar Bazol. Inexpensive barley, as we will see. Two-thirds of what you pay for barley, as follows. Your animal, Barry, is going to be much healthier if you feed it barley than if you feed it straw. It's going to have a shinier coat. It's going to have you know, a healthier digestive system. All of it's going to be great. But the barley is much more expensive. So you're typically feeding it straw, if we're going to be honest. However, if you could get barley at a deal, two-thirds, so then that's worth it, right? Because then you're going to get your value uh, added for having the barley. So that's an interesting machlokas, Rabba and Rava. Do you assume that the amount would be the $10 for straw or barley that's usually, usually $100, but here it was $65? If that's the case, you certainly would buy it. Maybe that's what you should pay, Andrew. Says the Gemara. Tanya can say the Rabba, Tanya can say the Rava. We're going to have Bryce to support, support each one. Tanya can say the Rabba. We're going to have a Bryce supporting the idea of Rabba that straws following. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, Amar, Ein Mishlemis, Al Dmei Amir Belvad. Well, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, the famous Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, we're getting some great celebrities over here, says you only pay for the straw. Tanya can say the Rabba. That's pretty explicit, isn't it? Tanya can say the Rava, Im Nenis, Mishlemis, Mashin Nenis, Ketzad. So we have a Bryce like Rabba that says the following Barry's animal benefited. How do you pay? If you ate a kava too, we don't say pay for all of their value. You figure out how much would Barry be willing to feed his animal. Something that's appropriate for her, even though normally Barry doesn't feed her barley. But still, right, uh, right, um, it's, we evaluate the barley anyway. Why? So it's, a, it's an interesting thing here that this Brisa with Rava is saying, again, something appropriate for her, right? Even though he doesn't usually feed it. Therefore, if she ate wheat or something else that's bad for her, he's not chayiv. What's happening here? An aspect of subjectivity, which is to say you have to, you have to evaluate what was the nutritional value, according to Rava, of what the animal ate. So for example, if the animal ate something with no nutritional value or something that was bad for it, so then Barry wouldn't have to pay at all. In other words, the clothing, he ate all of the clothing off of Andrew's clothesline. So if that has no nutritional value for you, so then even though the clothing was obviously very expensive, that you, if, all, if all you have to pay in that Rosh Hashanah is mashanahness, if it's that unusual thing, so then you're not going to be chayev at all, Barry. Now, mind you, if it's so unusual that it's Karen, you're going to pay chatzinezek. But if it's usual enough that it's not crazy for your animal to eat it, then Rav is going to say, it's good. we're going to have to have like a, an evaluation of what that value of that, of that food was. And once you're doing that, so then maybe that price supports the notion that you would have fed it if it's really nutritional, nutritious. Uh, if, so even though normally you don't feed it barley, you don't feed your animal barley, in this case, you got so much nutrition out of it, maybe you would, in fact, feed it barley if you got it at a good sale. So that's, that's how we evaluate it. Unbelievable. So now six lines up at the bottom. I'm going to Here he is. Look at this. We got everyone here. 
We're going to try to use our Mishnah to resolve a fascinating case. What a pity. What a pity you missed cheer. Oh, what do you mean, what does that have to do with Tchuma? Well, we used to remember from Shabbos and Erev, and they used to set up a Tchuma in order to come Shabbos, in order to be able to go here or here at one of the shuls nearby. So he set up a Tchum Shabbos, he said, Oh, halavai you had been in the Tchum. Oh, it was so great. That shear was unbelievable. What was the shear? We heard such a great shear. Asks as one does. What was so great about the shear? Here's the case. A squatter. A person lives in his friend's house um, in his Yerushalayim apartment. And the guy doesn't even know it, right? The owner doesn't know that he lived there. So, if somebody, if you are in Baltimore, your Shalim apartment was available for like, was empty for two months. Turns out somebody was living there for two months. Do they have to pay rent or not? Wait, the Gemara wants to know, what's the case? If you say, is this an Airbnb? Well, if you say that it's not an Airbnb, it's just an apartment that you have, and the person who lived there doesn't usually rent Airbnbs. So, so nobody was going to ever pay rent over here because it's not a rental property and nobody loses anything. So, of course, there should be no payment. Okay. Now, there's the question is, does one pay rent for showing up at an apartment unannounced and the owner never finds out about it? So if nobody was ever going to rent it, why should you have to pay? Okay. Well, if it's an Airbnb and a guy comes and lives there, so then there is a chaser. Why is there a chaser? The last toast was on Chafam Ralph explains. Because, in other words, Andrew was wondering why nobody was uh, inquiring about his Airbnb property, right? They always inquire during peak season, and yet he wasn't getting any takers. Uh, and the answer is because they saw somebody was living in there. So they didn't bother to ask. So that was a loss for Andrew. Okay, so therefore, of course, the person who went in there should pay rent. So that's obvious, right? So he says, So it has to be that uh, the, the, typically Andrew doesn't rent it out, but the person who lived in there decided, you know what, I'm going to go live here instead of renting. Normally I rent, but here mm-hmm. I get to go for free. My, what is the halacha? Can, to, can this person who squatted in Andrew's apartment... I'm embarrassed to say it was Barry. <laughs> so Barry says to Andrew, well, you didn't lose anything. I went to go visit my great-grandson. Or maybe Andrew could say to Barry's return to Chafam Beis, oh, nice. yeah, but you benefited. Normally you rent. You stay normally in the Waldorf. And here you stayed in my apartment. So Rami Rachama says, what's halacha? So Amar Leh Masnisinhi. So Rav Chisa said, the, the Mishnah is going to resolve this. Hi Masnisin. Which Mishnah? Amar Leh Lachita so this is a fascinating thing. Rabbi Safra always gets excited about this. Rabbi Rahama says, do me a little shimush, maybe pour me a cup of hot water. Once you do something shimush, then I'll teach you. You see the importance of being Anyway, Rav Chista took his coat, folded it for him, whatever it is. So that act of subservience or whatever you want to call it, Rav Chista to Rabbi Rahama, you see the greatness of Rabbi Rahama in a sense, that Rav Chista, who's a great amazing in his own right, uh, had to be Meshamashim, and Rav Chama says, Im nenes, 
Quotes our Mishnah. Unbelievable. Our Mishnah, where Barry's animal ate some of Andrew's stuff, has to pay for whatever benefit it got. Similarly, when Barry squatted in Andrew's Yerushalayim apartment, Barry has to pay for the Hanah that he got. Says Rava, are you kidding? I'm a Rava. Oh my goodness, how spared from sickness is worry, right? This blissful life of Rami Brahma that he gives this crumb terrible svara to Rav Chista, and Rav Chista goes unchallenged, right? How did Rav Chista let him get away with this? This is an awful comparison. In the case where Barry's animal eats Andrew's stuff, Andrew had a loss. In the case where Barry just squats, Andrew had no loss whatsoever, right? He, didn't, he doesn't even use all, any electricity. Barry's completely off the grid, Right? So, again, so again, in the case of Barry's animal eating Andrew's stuff, so then Barry um, benefited and Andrew lost. In the case where Barry squatted, Andrew lost nothing. What's the comparison of the cases? So it says the Gemara, Rami Bachama. How would Rami Bachama answer this truly good question? He would say, Stam Paris, which is a rabbi, of course, says, yeah. There's this lumdus here of Rabbi Bachama. He's very clever. There's always a lumdus. Where if Barry, if Andrew leaves his stuff in Rosh Hashanah it's as if it's ownerless. It's as if it's hefker. So it is lo chaser. That's the point. Right? Andrew doesn't really lose anything. It's almost like once he's left it in Rosh Hashanah he's relinquished it already. And it is for that reason that the cases are similar. Because remember, Barry, what did we say? We said this isn't a Hezek situation. It says if you ate Andrew's stuff, even though you're putter from a Nezek perspective, you still have to pay Andrew what you benefited, okay? So in that sense, it is similar because it's kind of ownerless, right? Andrew should have already considered it like, you know, already a loss. But since you benefited from me, you still have to pay. So in that case, Rami Bacham has explained it. It is analogous to the case of you squatting in his apartment, okay? So now, let's see. Now we're going to spend the rest of the Yamud proving from other sources what would be the case of Zenene Bezelo Chaser, right? The victimless crime or whatever, the guy who is Nene, Baba Basra, Tanan, Mishnah, Hamakif Chaver Mishal Shuchosov, a case where uh, the fence, right? So you see this little thing in the art scroll, Ruvain is surrounding Shimon all around in three out of four uh, directions. Vigadar, Sarishon, Sashnev, Shlishis, okay? So. Barry is the one that lives around Andrew, and he fences the three out of four. We don't obligate Andrews on the inner field to defray the cost of those fences because Barry is doing it for himself. But the implication from that Mishnah is that if Barry would fence the fourth side, we would obligate Andrew to contribute to the cost of, the, of that inner fence. Right? So there we learn that there, one benefits, right? And the other one doesn't lose. So Andrew, who's benefiting, right, is going to be chayev to pay, right? In other words, why do we... Barry's doing it for himself. He's nana. And Andrew doesn't... But, and, and, and Andrew's also nana, right? But Barry doesn't lose it, anything because Barry was going to fence that area anyway. See what I'm saying? If Barry was going to fence the area anyway, so then just because it benefits Andrew, why should Andrew have to pay in? So it sounds like Zen Enev Zelochaser is Chayev. The fact that the implication of our Mishnah is that only the, the first three walls, but the fourth wall, Andrew would have to pay in. So that means that Zen Enev Zelochaser, Andrew is Chayev. Says the Gemara, no. That proof does not work because Shiny Hassan, the case of Babastra, the Amarle At Karamtli Hekefa Yasera. There's a case why, why, where the reason why we're Chayev is because Barry could say to Andrew, 
that I only have to pay for this additional fencing because of the configuration of our fields. And it's for that reason that Andrew has to pay in. Because Andrew's field makes Barry have to pay more for the fence. So therefore, this is not a case of Zen and of Zel Okay? Tashma. However, if you look at the end of the Mishnah, maybe we could prove otherwise. What does the end of that Mishnah say? That if, if Andrew's on the inner field decided to fence the fourth side on its own. So again, Barry's fencing the whole thing all the way around, but he leaves Andrew's side open. And then Andrew pays for it. Would there, then you'd have to say that says the Mishnah, that now Andrew has to pay for all of it because he showed that he wanted the whole fence. So he has to not pay for the whole fence, but share in the, in the expense of the entire fence. So, it sounds like the only reason is because um, is because Andrew paid for the fourth fence, Hamakif Pater. But what's the implication of that part of the Mishnah? That if, right, Barry was the one that fenced the fourth side himself, it sounds like that Andrew would be exempt completely. So should we learn that from there? So again, we have the first part of the Mishnah that makes it sound like Andrew, uh, that Barry, right, that, that, you would have to, that Andrew would have to pay for what he's gaining. But there mm-hmm. we said, well, maybe that's because Barry is, in fact, saying that it's because of Andrew's field that he only has to pay, and it's for that re- reason that Andrew has to pay. And in the second case, we're saying putter, but maybe because he's putter, it's for a different reason uh, altogether. So we'll resume tomorrow in the middle of Chafam and Bez with all remaining cases of Zenene, Bezelo Chaser, and then we'll catch up as Rat Hashem.